1: Everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves with Tim and John. Thanks for joining us. We're, we're excited to have you. The Stanley Cup hangover is over, Tim. Are you feeling better after the excitement of celebrating the Colorado victory? Have you, have you come down from your high yet?
0: Not yet. Not yet. I think maybe by the end of the weekend because we've got the fourth coming up too. So I'm just going to keep riding this train until next Tuesday, and then I'll, then I'll come back down.
1: Well, half of our listeners are from Canada, so July 1st is, I want to say it's the biggest party day in Canada, or May 2-4 is pretty big, but yes, the equivalent of July 4th in Canada is July 1st, Canada Day. So it's back-to-back, so I get to celebrate both, which means I'll do absolutely nothing for either one, probably. We'll watch the Blue Angels. They got the Blue Angels here in Traverse City. They're flying around. You can hear them practicing already, so we might do that, but I can't go downtown anymore. It's just too much for me. I want to go down and do the rides and watch the blue angels and stuff, but I'll be Frank. And this is where me, I I become a dad. I don't want to take my six girls downtown and expose them to what's down there. The, the stuff that these people wear these days, it's too much. And I don't want to go down there and be like, TNA hanging out everywhere. You know what I mean? So I'm not even going down there. It's too much. I think there comes a time where it's like, you got, I'm not like, I get it at the beach. You're swimming. You're going in the water. Totally fine. If I'm downtown, if I'm taking my kids on the salt and pepper shaker or the carousel or the wheel, merry-go-round or whatever ride we're on, I don't need it to be the sports illustrated swimsuit edition everywhere. I look and I'm just like, no, thanks. My poor little girl's like, why, why are they dressed like that? I'm like, I don't know. Good question. I don't know. So we're not even going to go downtown. So we avoid that whole scene, Tim. I know you'll be right in there probably. You're disgusting. You'll be in there. I, I myself, I won't be down there at all.
0: Anyways. No, I don't go there. I, I haven't. Even when I was living in Traverse City, I didn't really enjoy that festival. It's just big crowds, long lines. It's just not my thing not my thing and then in the traffic everywhere like you can't live a normal life that week because you just can't get anywhere and my part of my street was blocked off because i live right downtown so that was a that was a waited out scenario for me that was a and, let's just, let's let this thing go
1: and here's another sad thing i just keep expecting there to be some kind of shooting you know isn't that weird And it's sad to think about it, but I'm like, it's it's going to happen here sometime. So why put myself in that situation where I'm in a big crowd? I'm vulnerable. I have all these kids. I just don't know. That's a weird thing to think about, the fear factor now. But it's like, why? Let's go to a big concert. It sounds great. Some psycho is going to come and do something. You know what I mean? So there's that. I just, the odds of it happening are, are not high, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't. So anyways, that really they took a turn for the, the dark, the beginning of the show. It really did. I don't know why. I just thought about that. You know whose who's morning isn't dark this morning? Kevin Fiala, former Minnesota wild winger, kind of a, you would call him a suitcase per se, Tim. Didn't really find a home. Didn't really get his footing his first few seasons in the NHL. He's a 25-year-old winger, can play the left or the right side was in Nashville to start off his career, went to Minnesota, I guess a suitcase, but he did go overseas for a little bit. A decent player. I'd call him a second, third-line guy. Wouldn't you say, Tim, before last year?
0: Before last year, yeah. Like a, like a, a guy who maybe has some big moments, but I would think if he's, your, if he's on your top line, you are probably not winning the cup.
1: He reminds me of a Carl Hagland a burner, a guy you put out there. He puts up some decent points, but he's not going to blow it out of the water. He's not going to be your leading scorer, And he's, he's, he's an effective second or third line forward. Well, rewind to last year with the Minnesota wild. The guy gets 85 points at 82 games, 33 goals, 52 assists, plus 23 has an amazing season gave Minnesota that supplementary offense that they needed after Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. They needed that well because of minnesota's cap situation where they bought out zach parisi they bought out ryan stewart they have all this dead money coming on the books this season i think it's 12 million dollars and they have it this year and next year so they're in cap hell for the next two seasons the minnesota wild are guess who's a restricted free agent the aforementioned kevin fiala he's a 25 year old kid coming off an 85 point season You have no business signing him because you have no money to spend if you're the Minnesota Wild. What do you do? What do you do? Other teams see this. They should be licking their chops. I'm going to take advantage of the Minnesota Wild. I'm going to get this guy for a song. I'm going to throw him a low ball offer because I know they're not going to be able to re-sign him or they're going to have to move one of their stud defensemen in order to fit this guy under the cap because Minnesota has no room. They have no leverage in any situation involving a trade with another team. They have zero cap space whatsoever, and they, they need to sign a bunch of guys. In comes the LA Kings. Minnesota Wild, LA Kings make a deal yesterday. The LA Kings get the Kevin Fiala player that we were just talking about. The Minnesota Wild pry away a first-round draft pick, which is the number 19 pick in this year's draft. And on top of that, they get a high-end prospect, a kid named Brock Faber, who is from Minnesota, played for the University of Minnesota, their captain, went to the Beijing Olympics last year, played for Team USA. The kids got stud earmarked all over them from what I've heard from all my Minnesota insiders. And then the LA Kings turn around and signed Kevin, Fe- signed Kevin Fiala for seven years. And when I saw this, Tim, I had to question my whole livelihood. Seven years for $7.875 million per. Let me repeat that. Kevin Fiala, Kevin Fiala signed with the LA Kings for seven years at $7.85 million. Now, if you go to capfriendly.com, which I do frequently, and you say, okay, let's let's see who's got the highest salary, just salary. Kevin Fiala is now sandwiched between between Elias Pettersson and John Tavares. Who would you rather have of those three players? We'll just start there. Tavares, Peterson, or Fiala. It's it's to me, it's which one doesn't belong there. Tavares is a proven commodity. He's done it forever. He's 31 years old. I know he's never hit 100 points, or maybe he did this past year, but he does it. He had 76 this past year. You could lock him in for 75 every single year. Pedersen is a 23-year-old kid, had one down season. I know I'm down on him a lot. I'm taking Pedersen over Fiala any day of the week. I think Pedersen's offensive upside is through the roof, roof. Not to mention Kevin Fiala, his first few seasons, 16 and 54, decent season, 48 and 80, 32 and 64, 54 and 64, 40 and 50, 85 and 82. He's a decent player. He's a good player, but my, oh my, does that say, does that say, maybe I'm just an old fuddy-duddy and that's the going rate for a Kevin Fiala these days. That's a lot of money, isn't it, Tim? Isn't that a lot of money to you?
0: It is. uh, This is the, the big comparison I'm making right now. That's kind of similar to what the offer is for Philippe Forsberg who is a proven commodity. He was a goal scorer was the franchise leader, I think in goals and or points for, for Nashville. Like he's, he's a guy that you could like build your offense around. He's a guy that would be, you know, elite goal scoring winger. And Kevin Fiala is a good player. 85 points is, is no joke, but he's not that. And Philippe Forsberg has a very similar offer on the table from Nashville. We're going to talk about that. I, is he worth that much money? He's, I don't know that he is. And I, it depends on what the cap looks like down the road. Like this could be, if he's a point per game player the rest of the way and the cap goes up and all of a sudden this could look like a steal. But I think most likely this is one of those deals that you're trying to offload maybe two or three years from now. Cause you, he's just not living up to it. Who knows? You know,
1: I said the same thing about the Philip, De no deal coming off his incredible playoffs with Montreal, more, more known as a defensive specialist. He goes and signs in LA for 5.5 for, I think it was six years. I thought they overpaid. I thought they should have got him around the four range. Then Philip Deneau goes out, puts up 51 points in 79 games, has a very good playoffs round, first round versus the Edmonton Oilers where he somewhat, he, he did okay versus Connor McDavid. But, you know, maybe the LA Kings know something that I don't. They're very familiar with Kevin Fiala. They played him a bunch. They're in the same conference. So they, they know what they're getting. And, and who am I to judge? I'm just some schmuck who fought for a living, but we'll see. I can see what LA is doing. They're reloading their team. They're going to lose Anze Kopitar. They got rid of uh, Dustin Brown. They're they're getting rid of the old and bringing in the new while trying to seamlessly still remain competitive. They made the playoffs last year. That's good for them. They're hoping to take the next step. They have young players sprinkled throughout their lineup. I can see where this is going. I don't mind it. It's just the number to me is shocking. And then what they had to give up to get him, I – I feel like they overpaid and then they oversigned. So if I'm going to go initially grading this trade, I think Minnesota wild gets an a plus. They unload a player who they could not afford. They get a first round draft pick and then they get a high end prospect who they can sign to an ELC and have him under control for another five years where they can get him under a manageable contract. It's a win-win for Minnesota. I like this deal. They, they knock it out of the park, but then for LA, I'm going to grade this a B minus. Kevin Fiala is the best player in the trade, and you always say, Tim, you know whoever gets the best player wins the trade. He's the best player right now. Did you overpay for him? That'll pan out in the next five, four years. We'll see. But man, that's he's our second highest paid player right now. He is going to be leaned on predominantly for offense. Like he is going to be the guy when you look at this team. They got Kopitar. He's turning 35. He makes $10 million. Can you rely on him to be your offensive guy who pushes the pace and is going to put up points for you? Can Kevin Fiala be that guy for the LA Kings? It, does he have that in his makeup? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Drew Doughty is still in injured reserve. They have some money to spend. Maybe they bring in some more people, but interesting turn of events happening. I did, gosh, maybe I didn't see this coming, but I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Maybe they overpaid by a million bucks who cares at the end of the day, if he plays, if he produces, what do you think? What do you, what are the grades you giving each team on this? Who, who wins this trade in your eyes, Tim?
0: I think, I, I do think Minnesota wins it. I'll give them a good grade, but my kind of question back to you would be like, okay, well, they, they couldn't, they couldn't keep them just the, the realistic cap situation that they're into. So they maximize their return for him, but you also have to deal with the fact that you're losing an 85 point player your second highest after Caprizov, a guy who logged top six minutes, top power play. Like, how do you feel that? How do you, how do you make your team better next year without when, when losing a guy like that and you don't really have cap space? Is the, how big of a hit is this to the Wild for next season? Oh,
1: it's massive. We knew that this was last year was their year to, to win the Stanley Cup. That's why they brought in Marc Andre Fleury. That's why they went all out. They went in and got the defense when they got um, Jacob Middleton, try to shore up the back end, really win by playing strong defensive hockey and getting some goal scoring here and there. They're done. They're they're done for the next. Let's see. We got 12 million this year, 14 million the year after, 14 million the year after in dead cap space. You cannot win in today's hockey when you have almost 15 million dollars buried in dead cap space that you can't use to to get players. A 15 million dollar player changes a franchise. So Minnesota, they made this decision to dump Parisi and Suter, and now they're They're having to live through the the growing pains now. The next three seasons, they will be a bad team. Yes, they have some good pieces. Kirill Kaprizov is is a very good player. MVP candidate potentially every single season. They have a very good defense. But when you don't have 12.7 this year, 14.7, 14.7 the next two years, how are you supposed to fill out your roster? You're losing your second highest points guy. You cannot replace him with anybody. You're hoping one of your younger guys, Matt Boldy, steps up and maybe improves his production a little bit. But it's the next three years will be very tough for Minnesota. I think they will make the playoffs potentially as an eight seed. But it, it's just not looking good. They have a lot of good players. It's just that second tier they don't have. Like I, I like Kaprizov. I like Zuccarello. I like Felino. But then when you look at the bottom half of the lineup, they don't have anybody to score. They have good, hardworking players. You got to score. You got to put pucks in the net. You saw when they played St. Louis. St. Louis was just more offensively talented. They would go down. They produced on the power play. And they just outskilled Minnesota. And now they're losing, arguably, their second best offensive weapon. And they're replacing them with someone already on the roster, potentially a guy from Iowa who they're going to bring up. It's not good, Tim. But this is they knew they were getting that, getting into that. They needed to get out from under those two contracts. Just think, if they had those two guys on on the roster, they'd be paying them twenty million dollars for the next five years. So they had to make that decision, and it's a tough one. Billy Guerin, like, a, good for him for pulling that trigger because it's now he is feeling the effects of those buyouts. Last year was their year. They tried to do it. They got Flurry. Now he's gonna be gone. I don't know what they're going to do. But, anyways, they got two first round draft picks this year. They got two second round draft picks. Maybe they can reload the cupboard, get some young guys, maybe parlay those two picks. I think it's a 19th overall pick, and then somewhere in the teens, get a higher first round or get a good player to come in and make a difference. I don't know. Minnesota will not be good as good next year as they are this year. So, yes, Tim, it's, it's going to be a couple lean years for Minnesota. Speaking of Minnesota, we got some pending free agents. Let's just go through the list. Mark Andre Fleury, I just mentioned him. Minnesota gave up a a, a good amount to get him from Chicago. He doesn't want to go to Minnesota. I heard he's been linked to a couple teams, potentially one in Canada, maybe one who lost in the first round. Maybe their goalie is leaving Jack Campbell. He's been linked to other teams, maybe looking to upgrade, could get a veteran goalie on the cheap, a guy who's won a Vesna, won a Stanley cup, maybe top, top and wins. Marc-Andre Fleury. Does that make sense to you? Marc-Andre Fleury going to Toronto, Getting a chance to win a Stanley Cup, being there to be a good mentor for those young—can you call them young anymore? Matthews, Marner, Nylander—are they young or are they seasoned? I don't know. I don't know how to call them. Go there and be a mentor to those guys. Does that make sense to you? What are, What are you hearing from Mark Andre Fleury? You're a Mark Andre Fleury insider. Everybody knows that. What is he saying, Tim?
0: Uh yeah, that one does make sense to me. It almost makes too much sense, which is why I think it's probably unlikely to happen. Huh. And then another team that, that desperately needs a goaltender, I think, is uh is Edmonton, right? But didn't was was Flurry the one that nixed a trade to Edmonton last year? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, he
1: did not want to go there.
0: Yeah, so I don't think that's that's off the table. And you got to think, even though he's already won a handful of cups, he wants to play for a contender. If he's got one season in him, maybe two seasons in him, he wants to go get another one. So Toronto could be that team. Um, but again, I don't know that at this point in his career, how much better is Fleury than what Jack Campbell gave you anyway? Like, I don't know that he's the answer to their problems, uh, except for that Jack Campbell might be out the door. So Fleury's not a bad replacement. But I don't know that... I don't know that he makes him that much better. I agree. I don't know. I, I man, Toronto right
1: now—they are my favorite out of the East. I think out of all the teams this year, Toronto is in the best position to win the East. I know New York will make strides. They're—they're they're not losing really anybody. Tampa Bay—they're always a tough out. I know. I, I'm you know, putting the cart in front of the horse right now, but Toronto has the best chance in my eyes to, to make it out of the East was Jack Campbell, their issue last year. I don't think he was. I think he played well in the playoffs. He obviously got injured, but when you get a chance to get a goaltender, the caliber of Mark Andre Fleury, I know he's 37 years old. I know he's been around the block. He hasn't played a lot of hockey the last four or five years. He split time with Vegas. He didn't get a lot of ice time. Then he goes to Minnesota. He split time in Minnesota until the playoffs where he got the net until the last game. Poor Cantalba came in a tough, tough position. I, I don't mind this. If I'm Kyle Dubas, I go out. I kick the tires on a Marc-Andre flurry. When there's a guy out there who's able to win you games and you know in the playoffs he's not going to buckle under pressure, you have to go out and at least see if you can make it work with your salary cap. I know Toronto doesn't have a lot of room. They got five, $6 million to play with. They need to sign a few RFAs. They need to make a couple of decisions on the back end. If you can get Marc andre Fleury for one, 2 million, get a hometown discount, maybe get him a sponsorship in this, in the city, uh, get a couple more million bucks. You have to pull that trigger. And he immediately vaults them to gosh. If they get Marc andre Fleury, are they the favorites to win the Stanley Cup over the Colorado Avalanche next year?
0: No. No. You, come on, You don't think so? No. They haven't gotten out of the first round. Like we said, I don't think is that much better than Campbell that it makes them even argue favorites to get to the Stanley Cup, let alone be better than the Avalanche. So, no.
1: Yeah, I think if Toronto gets by Tampa Bay, they make the Stanley Cup finals. And I, yeah, and I think they probably. put up a better fight than – I think they put up a better fight than Tampa Bay does. I think Toronto's got a way more dynamic offense. Tampa Bay, for some reason – they have Toronto's number, and they, they figure them out. They know how to neutralize those guys, and they, they beat them. So
0: Yeah, but, John, so does, so does Boston, or so did Boston for all those years. Like, did
1: Boston. Boston I, doesn't have the, the firepower anymore.
0: Right, but we that sounds like – it just sounds like we're making excuses now. It's like, oh, Boston, they just can't get by Boston. Boston has their number. Now they can't get by Tor- Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has their number. Maybe it's neither of those things. Maybe it's more Toronto. Maybe yeah, I feel them. like
1: Toronto's hitting the sweet spot this year where Tampa Bay – this was their last kick at the can. I feel like those guys are getting older. They will be good next year. They will be good. They're going to lose Palat. We'll see how Braden Point pans out. He tore his quad. That's a big injury to come back from. They have some things they need to figure out in Tampa Bay. Toronto's young. They will be motivated. And I think they that was, that was a good learning lesson for them, Game 7 versus Tampa Bay. I, I, call me crazy. I know they've had it versus Boston. I know they've had it versus other teams. I just see them taking that next step next year. And it might be because other teams in the East are slowing down. Pittsburgh's slowing down. We saw what's happened to Washington, Tampa Bay. I think they're starting to, to fade from the, the the top of the peak there. I think the next team to come out of the East should be Toronto. Should be. And I think they, gosh, I like them better than Colorado if they match up in the Stanley Cup final. But we'll see. That Cal car. He he brings he is a, he he's got that it factor. But I know we're we're getting way, way far ahead. So, Marc-Andre Flory, do you see him going to Toronto? Do you see him playing next year? Because I know there was some some questions. Did he even want to go to Chicago? Did he even want to play this year? He said, yes. He said, let's do it. Goes to Minnesota. That was kind of didn't really work out. Does he play next year and does he go to Toronto?
0: Yes, he plays. I don't know where he goes. I don't think he goes to Toronto. Just, I, I like I said, it makes too much sense, and usually those things just don't work out. Another team that was that was looking at trading for him was Washington but Flurry didn't want to play there either. But that was last year. That was last year. That could change. That was more they of. Like- he
1: wants to go to a contender to win the Stanley Cup. And all in all defense, Washington has no business thinking they they are a good team at this point to win the Stanley Cup.
0: With a good goaltender, you don't think they're a contender?
1: Not a chance in the world. And I and I say that in the meanest possible way. There's there's no chance they have to win the Stanley Cup. None. That's why he doesn't want to go there. Mark Andre fleur is a realistic guy. He's smart. Washington will miss the playoffs this year. Mark it down. Ovechkin will get five goals. You heard it here first. All right, I think he does play, and I think he goes to Toronto. Then what do you do with the Toronto goaltender that's already there? The guy who played really well this year. The guy you brought in, signed him to a, a lower-term deal, helped out the team, Jack Campbell. He's been linked to the Edmonton Oilers, a team that, nobody wants to go play for if you're a goaltender because if you're a goaltender and you go to Edmonton, you were on the hook every single night for at least 35 shots and 15 of them being a great a shot. So you got, you have to be ready if you're going to Edmonton, if you're a goaltender, your stats are going to dip. You're going to take a, take it on the chin, probably not going to get any shutouts because that team doesn't play any defense at all. They run and gun. They like to five, five, four, seven, five games. That's Edmonton style. Who wants to go there? If you're a goaltender, If you want to maintain your stats, unless they're going to sign you to you a long-term deal, why would you do that to yourself? Why would Jack Campbell step into Edmonton and be like, All right, here I am, fire away?
0: I John, I think you're forgetting that Edmonton took a couple of steps in the right direction this past year. I mean, Mike Smith had at least two shutouts during the playoffs, maybe three. Like this isn't the same Edmonton team. They're not, they're not like to me, serious contenders. Yeah, they're not a strong team on defense, but they're not that joke team either anymore to me. And so, yeah, you probably take a hit a little bit, but I think this is not the same kind of – we can't dump on them for the defensive play that we we have in years past. I think they're a little bit better than we're giving them credit for.
1: Well, I'm glad that's to you because that's important. That's how you feel. But when I look at the lineup and I look at everything that goes in with, you know, seeing how we're going to do the next season, their best defenseman is Darnell Nurse he is an okay defensive defenseman i'll give him that i think he he really knocked it out of his out of the park when he was a restricted free agent edmonton signed him through that massive deal cody cc is a, a dumpster fire um he's not a good defensive defenseman duncan keith i think we all can admit his best years are behind him um he is a 38 going on 39 year old defenseman and you're relying on him to be the anchor there he he's the glue that holds your defense together he's on the second penalty kill unit you you, you're i I don't see that working you have evan bouchard an offensive defenseman who is never known for his defensive ability you have tyson berry tim what are you what are you talking about there's no way edmonton has a good defensive team yes i know they improved last year but I don't see them improving from last year to this year. I just don't see it. So if I'm a goalie, why am I putting myself in this situation to go and just, just my stats are going to tank, but who knows? They have Mike Smith signed for another year, obviously, because he's only 40. They they, they want to, he's a Tom Brady of Edmonton. They want to keep him as long as possible. He writes his own ticket. He's making 2.2. Who does Edmonton bring in to be Mike Smith's backup?
0: Tim? I don't I don't know. Who would they who would they bring? You're in? at because a loss like, for words there. I mean, I don't have a I don't have a list of like backup goalies in front of me. It, Koskinen is still on the table. But is Mike Smith still the starter at Edmonton next
1: year when the puck drops for game one?
0: Mike Smith shouldn't have been the starter last year. So But is he the starter <sighs> yes.
1: next year after getting him to the Western Conference final? Does he lace him up game one starter, Mike Smith? No. Well, Okay. Yeah. We'll see what goes. All right. Let's go to a couple more free agents. We'll buzz through these Andre Pilat, Tampa Bay. The guy is rock solid. He's been there ever since he laced them up in the NHL. He's going to be 31 year old unrestricted free agent. He made $5.3 million this year. He's going to, you can lock him in for 50 points. He's not slowing down. He got 21 points in 23 games in 2022. The guys won two Stanley cups. He produces any position you put him in, you can put, put him anywhere in the lineup to be produces. You know, he just, he's just unstoppable. They won't be able to afford him. He made 5.3 this year. He's going to want more. He's going to want Kevin Fiala money, 7.5 in that range. Do you have any clue where you, where you would like to see him, Andre Polat next year?
0: Well, the report is that the Lightning are really trying to sign him ruda and uh nick paul and i don't think they're going to be able to afford probably most of them but definitely not palat like you said i think he's looking at the fiala deal being like oh yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) this looks good i don't know who's going to be willing to give him that kind of money there's not a lot of teams that have that kind of cap space and does Pilat now like if you're a you're thinking okay i've got two cups to my name this is my one chance to really cash in 31 years old, I'm not going to get a better contract later. Do you think he'll just sign for someone who gives him a lot of money? Like, do you think he's not really thinking about, okay, which team do I have a chance of winning with? It's kind of like, will he go to the Devils, for example, something like that?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, you really don't know because he, he's won his rings. He's had his success, but he's also made a lot of money. So he's put himself in a really good position. But yes, to your point, He looks at all those players that were on his former teams, the Barker Goudreau, who signed for 3.6, I believe. Blake Coleman signed for just under five. He's looking at these guys saying, I'm better than all of these guys. I'm better than every single one of those guys, and they're going and signing for big money, and they're third and fourth line guys. I'm a first-line player. I've done it in the regular season. I've done it in the playoffs. I have more game-winning goals in the last three years in the playoffs than any player on the planet. I know my worth so he's going to want to get paid. And yeah, if a, if a New Jersey Devils come along and say hey, we'll give you 8 million bucks, which I don't think they should, I think he will take that contract because he's already had that success. He can just go and make make a little bit of money. But who knows? I don't know Andre Pollard, maybe he signs in Tampa Bay. He likes the guys, they seem to get along fairly well. They have a good group there. Who knows? I would like if he stayed in Tampa Bay. I think that's a good you know, system there for him. He's comfortable there. He, he obviously him and Stamkos have some kind of, they're, they're good. When you get to play with Kucherov and Stamkos, why would you want to go anywhere else? I'll just say that when I know coming to the rink, I can line up next to those guys every single night. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. I really want to go and play with Jack Hughes and Nico Hirshire. No, thanks. I'll stay with Kucherov and Stamkos. Tim's shaking his head. Cause he just, he's got a poster of Jack Hughes on his wall. He's got a tack. Tattoo of Quinn Hughes on his calf. The guy's gross. All right, Philippe Forsberg, we talked about him. He's been offered an eight-year deal. No news yet Yet on if he signs. If I'm him, I'm, I'm jumping ship. I don't want to go back to Nashville. No way, no how. I want to change the scenery. I want to go somewhere where I can win. Just mix it up a little bit. He's been in Nashville. They, they've had their run. They had that chance. They went to. Did they go to the Cup Final or the Western Conference Final? One of the two. That, that's their peak. I don't think they reached that in the next four years. I I don't see anything good coming from Nashville other than a middle of the road, finish fifth, sixth, seventh, losing the first round, maybe win, losing the second round, good for Nashville fleet Forsberg. He's a good player. He should sign somewhere else. Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny hockey guy who I thought should have been traded last year to Edmonton for the Nuge didn't happen. Stayed in Calgary, obviously worked out his grievances with Daryl Sutter had a fantastic year. Absolutely fantastic year. Both ends of the ice. Worked hard. Daryl Sutter loved him. Threw him out there in every situation. Put up 115 points. Could have been an MVP candidate if it wasn't for the stupid voters. He had a career year. He's going to be a UFA. This guy wants to cash in hard. He's been making Canadian money, paying high taxes in Calgary. Does he go anywhere else other than Calgary? We know he loves Calgary. And they love him. Do you see Calgary losing this guy for nothing, letting him walk in the offseason and getting absolutely nothing for Johnny Gaudreau, their best player. What are you hearing out of Calgary, Tim?
0: I think most likely he stays in Calgary. Usually those things work themselves out, especially when he's so established there and he just – it works. But the interesting thing to keep an eye on is Philadelphia Flyers, who aren't a good team right now. But Johnny's from – he's from New Jersey, but he's from just the, out, the outskirts of Philly – um, he's been linked to Philly for a couple of years now. We know he's best friends with like Kevin Hayes and a lot of those guys. He'll always be linked to Philly, so I think if if that's something to keep an eye on, and the Flyers are kind of they got some cap things to figure out, they're desperately trying to unload James Van like contract, uh, which will be hard. It'll probably he'll probably end up going to Arizona for you know for nothing, um, but I do think he ends up staying in Calgary.
1: I tell you what. Kevin Fiala gets 7.75. Johnny Hockey's the real deal. He's 28 years old, three years older than Kevin Fiala. All Johnny does is put points up. People give him a hard time for his defensive game. People give him a hard time maybe for his, his will to win, maybe. I think he answered all those questions last year. He checked those boxes. He played fantastic, even in the playoffs. For, for as bad as Calgary was versus Edmonton, he played great. 14 points 12 games he was one of the few shining spots of calgary i like me some johnny hockey if i'm a gm and i'm looking at the list of guys i can get he is one one a one b one c i'm throwing everything i can at johnny gaudreau to try to get him to come to my team he is so incredibly good i like the way he plays he's going to get 10 million plus wherever he goes so if fletcher from philly can swing this and somehow Calgary gets straddled with JVR's contract. I know they can't trade him because he's UFA, but if you can trade him to Calgary, get, give him a first rounder, get rid of that contract, get Johnny Gaudreau to come to Philadelphia, that would be such a win for Chuck Fletcher and the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't know how he would mesh with John Tortorella. Here's the thing. Tortorella changes Philadelphia. If I'm a star player, and I want to go and produce and I want to go on free wheel and show my skills off and have a fun year and really enjoy hockey. Do I want to sign up for a team that's coached by John Tortorella for the next five years? No, I don't. We've seen it from all the stars that he goes and he ruins Marion Gabrick, Brad Richards, even in Tampa Bay. He got, he didn't get along with all those top end guys. Why would you do that to yourself when you could go anywhere unless Philly throws him a big deal and no one else can match. So, Man, for as good of a coach as John Tortorella is for the second, third, and fourth line guys, if you're a first-line guy, he's a miserable coach to play for. He really is. Because there is a difference between a first-line guy and a second, third, and fourth-line guy. There are different expectations. I don't want my first-line guy, for as much as I love Nathan McKinnon and the Stanley Cup Finals, diving for pucks, trying to block him, I don't want him doing that for the first 82 games in the regular season. No, thank you. Let that puck go in. I would much rather see you healthy at the end of the game with a broken foot, broken hand, and out for four weeks. No, thank you. In the in the playoffs, yes, it's a different animal. But John Tortorella, he demands that every single game, from game one of the preseason to game eighty-two of the regular season, he demands you get in front of every single shot. You back check hard through the middle. You finish every check. You don't put yourself out of position. And if you don't do that, he will single you single you out on video in the in the off whatever, between games and during practice, then you will not get ice time. So will Johnny put himself in that situation? I don't think he will. Nobody wants to play for Tortorella, who's any kind of an offensively gifted player. It's, it's just, every, that's his MO. He ruins skilled guys, forces them to do things that they shouldn't rightfully be doing. So Johnny Goudreau, if I'm a GM, which team's got the most cap space, Tim? Let's see. Who has the most cap space right now? That's going to be the Anaheim Ducks. If I'm the Anaheim Ducks, Detroit Red Wings, Arizona Coyotes. I'm calling Johnny Gaudreau right now and making him an offer. Gosh, the Anaheim Ducks, that'd be great to see him on that team. Are you kidding me? that would be fantastic playing with all those young, fast, sexy players. He would love it there, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, yes, Johnny Gaudreau is the top UFA in my mind on the market, and every GM should be going after him right now. Who else are we talking about, Tim?
0: Yeah, so Nachushkin is an interesting name, too. We talked about him, you know, a few weeks ago, similar to Palat. uh, A good maybe first-line player, second-line player, you know, produces in the playoffs. He played through a really tough injury. That picture of his foot was gruesome. Um, But how good is he really? Like, how good is he over the course of an 82-game season? How good is he over the course of a four- or five-year contract? We know we can kind of produce in big spots, but is he a legit top-six winger that you want to build an offense around? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, And, but I can kind of see him. He'll, he'll get his money now. You know, people want to be part of, of of winners. If he doesn't go back to the avalanche and someone will overpay for him and they'll regret it in less than a year, probably two years.
1: Yeah. He made 2.5 last year. He will get a massive upgrade. So I, I think it might be a Galchenyuk factor. He will sign because of his pedigree, like you said, because of the playoffs, but, uh, I I don't see him as a, he'll get paid as a top three forward, a first line guy. I don't see him as a first line guy. I think he's a second line, third line player. He's a good, good player. Don't get me wrong. He was a big factor in them winning those Stanley Cups. He got 15 points, 20 games, scored a lot of big goals. But again, just like Alex DeBrinket, there does, you have to look at who you're playing with. He was playing with Nathan McKinnon and Landis Scott. You get a bump when you play with those guys. So they make it easy. They're, they're, they basically said, go to the net, take a defenseman with you, put your stick on the ice, and we'll get you a goal. And that's what happened. And know oh, he gets bumped down to the second line. He's playing with Rantanen and Kadri. He, he got to play with fantastic players. Does he get that same chance when he goes somewhere else? Who knows? But gosh, when you're playing with McKinnon every single night, the same thing for Patrick Kane, they draw so much attention – they let you have so much more ice to work with. Someone will sign them, and then the, the avalanche have a bigger, bigger fish to fry with Nazim Kadri. What do they do with him? I don't know who they're going to be able to keep. I, I'm sure they would like to keep both. I don't. I don't think it's feasible. But yeah, Nashu's going to get six, seven million dollars. He'll get it for six, seven years. He's still relatively young. He's only 27, so he's going to want to sign a big ticket, long-term deal. I just don't think it's going to be worth it Tim. I think whoever gets Gaudreau will be super happy whoever gets to Shuskin will be kicking themselves maybe even next year. Maybe he's gotten this taste of success. I don't want to bring a nationality to it, but those Russians, they don't like to work hard. I, I've seen it. I played with them. They just don't really, some of them do. Don't get me wrong, but most of them, ew, the work ethic maybe isn't there as much as other people. Case in point, you have Malkin Pittsburgh Penguins. He could, he should be the most dominant player in the NHL his skill set, his size, his speed. And we used to say when we played Pittsburgh, Crosby's going to give it to you every single shift, every single night. Let Malkin sleep. Let, let the big guy just do his thing. Don't hit him. Don't poke him. Let him just exist. Because once he gets the fire in his eyes, once he wants to do something, he does it. He's, so, he's better than Crosby skill-wise. He just doesn't have that same work ethic. So let's move on to Pittsburgh then. They got a couple of big UFAs to him, like massive. Malkin and Latang. Rumors out of Pittsburgh, they gave him offers, low ball, not happy. Even Crosby wasn't happy with them. They, they apparently had a meeting. Crosby was pissed. These guys were pissed. What's going to happen in Pittsburgh? I think Pittsburgh did the right thing. You throw a low ball offer, see if they take it. If they don't, you just say, you know what? I'm going to walk away, man. We, we, we have to turn the page at some point. They find the Pittsburgh Penguins. We didn't excel last year. We didn't go anywhere where we wanted to. Yes, we won a playoff round. We lost in the second round of the Rangers. That's great. Do we think we're going to win a Stanley Cup with you two guys coming back, eating up $15, $16 million in salary cap? I don't think so. We have Jake Gensel. We can build with him. We have Crosby still. He's only 34. We got him for a couple more years. We need to move past this era. And we need to kind of bring some fresh meat in this locker room. Do you think that's the right play here? Or do you see them bringing back these guys?
0: I think it probably is the right play. Uh, I was reading an interview this morning. Brian Burke was on, I think, Jeff Merrick's show and talked about it's going to be basically the way he worded it was it's going to be resolved one way or the other very soon. It didn't sound like he was super confident about it, but it did sound like it was going to come to a head in the next like couple of days. Like, I think this interview was yesterday, so it's really, really recent. Um, if you're if I'm Pittsburgh, like, yeah, those guys are, are great players. They make me a better team, but... It's it hasn't worked in several years. They're not getting any younger unless they're willing to sign like one or two year deals. But if I'm them, I'm trying to sign longer than that. So and some someone out there will give it to them. And so that would be really fun to me as a hockey fan, a neutral hockey fan, just to watch like where those guys go and how Malkin could go to like a Minnesota, for example, and change their whole lineup. Um, I don't know if they have the cap space to do it, but a team like that or Latang, like how many teams have we talked about that needed a legit number one defenseman that could run the power play that could log those heavy minutes. He still does that even at his age. So it would be a lot of fun to see those guys in the market and see where they end up. And I think that's probably what ended up happening.
1: Yeah. They'll sign team friendly deals to go and try to chase the Stanley cup. That's what I think both of them will do. Malkin's made over 115 million in his career. Latang's made over 75 million. They've made their money. They've won Stanley cups with Pittsburgh. A while ago, I think they want to go, they want to compete for a Stanley Cup. they want to be in a situation where they can win the Stanley Cup. The last few years in Pittsburgh, yes, you know, they have they have the history, they have the pedigree, there's been injuries, there's been this, they've had flashes, but they're not the best team in the east anymore. they're not the team that they were ten years ago. They will go somewhere Latang to Montreal. You know, he, he's wanted to play to Montreal. He played in the queue. There's been links there. I could see him going there. If they get rid of Jeff Petrie, he would be a good fit there. They need an offensive puck moving defenseman there to kind of shake it up a little bit on the back end. Who knows? Malkin, maybe go to Washington, play with his buddy Ovechkin, maybe go. I think he goes where there's another Russian where he can talk to in the locker room. So Minnesota could make sense with Kirill Kaprizov. So lots of unknowns here. What we thought was going to happen at the trade deadline is happening now. Latang didn't get dealt, Malkin didn't get dealt. We're, we're seeing all these guys show up now on the UFA. It's going to be fun. All right, Stanley Cup champion. Raise the cup, have the parade, everything's great, go back to work the next day. They have some work to do with their UFAs. We we talked about Nishuskin. Now we got your starting goaltender and your second line center, Kadri and Kemper. What do we do? Kadri's going to want to raise. He want he's going to be the guy somewhere. Does he want to be a number 1 center? And should Darcy Kempfer come back? He is going to want to raise Stu Tim. What, what do you do if you're Colorado? You You have your core guys in place still. You got the Rantanans. You got the Landis You got the McKinnons. You have JT Confer signed up for another year. You got McCarr. You have Gerard. You have the pieces in place. Now it's a, putting the supplemental pieces around them. There's a lot of unrestricted free agent guys. There's a lot of restricted free agent guys. You got and Burakovsky, Cogliano, Helm, Codry, Nishuskin, Sturm. It's a lot of players. Josh Manson played a big role in their Stanley Cup win. What do you do? Can you hand the reins off to Pavel Francus, Frankur, Frankuzzi? Who knows? What do you do with Thirsty Kemper? He's 32. If you're the GM of the Colorado Avalanche, right now you're looking at your roster, Burnaby Joe, you have roughly 25 million dollars to spend. How do you make it all work? Caudry's gonna want eight, nine. Nishushin's gonna want seven. These guys are going to want raises. Who who is your one UFA that you want to bring back on this team next year?
0: Um, so for Kemper, if I'm looking at that, like I'm not I'm not unhappy if I bring him back. Like he's a pretty good goal, he did the job, but like I'm but I'm I'm still kicking the tires on my offset. What does That's that mean? I'm state. not unhappy.
1: Why don't you just say you're happy?
0: Well, I I I'm looking at other options. I'm looking at a Jack Campbell. I'm looking at a Flurry to see if, if if we can make things work. But if a they double, don't,
1: a double negative. I'm not I'm unhappy. Not,
0: I'm not displeased. Is that better? Another
1: double <laughs> negative. Just say I would be happy I, bringing Kemper back.
0: I would be I would be content bringing <laughs> Kemper back. But I'm okay. at least looking at my options. Got Kadri it. I think is gone. I think Cadre's wants to go make his money. He wants to go be the guy somewhere. The question for him is, is he, is he an actual number one center in the NHL? Do you think he is? No.
1: I don't think he has the offensive upside to be a number one center. I think he's a good defensive forward. I think he, he gets a lot of room in Colorado because he plays versus subpar competition. I think he gets the luxury of being a second and third line center in Colorado. And he has elite. There's not many teams in the NHL where their second line is as stacked as Colorado's second line is. So he gets the opportunity to play with even a Likanen. He plays with Rantanen. He plays with Landeskog. He plays with these Burakovskis and Shuskins. To be able to play with those guys on your second line is rare. So he has that luxury of being able to do that this year. That's why he got so many points. Other teams were focused on the first line: Landeskog, Rantanen, McKinnon. Boom! We're locking those guys. We're locking that line down. Then you get Nishuskin, and likenin That's a very, 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 very good second line. So I don't think he finds that any other team he goes to. I think he wants to be a first-line center. I don't think he is. If he goes and signs with a team and that team wants him to be their 1AC, it, it won't work. It won't work. That team will fail. He will not be able to live up to those expectations, but he will get that money. He, he will get the eight $9 million he's after, and – I think it'll be in Colorado. I think Colorado brings him back. I think he's a big piece of this team. And I think if I'm Joe Sackick, I'm prioritizing him over any other UFA right now at this point. He played well last year. He's a good player. So I think they make it work. What about I mean, Kempford? I don't think it matters. If he wants a raise, if he wants to be in that 4 or $5 million range, Colorado, they will not be able to afford him. So I think you let him walk. And they go out and they get another serviceable goalie. Maybe bring in Marc-Andre Fleury. Maybe he wants to come to Colorado and chase a cup here. It's a very... If I'm a player, Colorado is a destination I want to go to. Beautiful area, nice rink, and you have young studs that you could just go out and watch every single day. If I'm a forward, I want to play with Kale McCarr. Even if I'm a fourth line guy, I'm like I get to play with Kale McCarr probably one shift every three shifts. I'm a fourth line guy. If I'm a first line player, I get to play with Kale McCarr every time I'm on the ice. Man, that would yeah, sign me up. I think I'll do that. That that sounds good. So they will get a lot of players who will take you know, a little salary cap cut to come and play with these guys because they're just so fun to play with. All right. Last UFA I want to talk about before we move on to a couple quick hits, Claude Giroux, Florida Panthers made a terrible decision letting Andrew Burnett walk. They brought in Paul Maurice. Does that change anything in Florida with Giroux? What, what do you, what are you hearing out of Florida, Tim?
0: This is the one that I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know a ton about and. I think he probably wants to stick with the Panthers. I know he gelled pretty well with those guys and he balanced out their top line, but that said, they didn't do much uh, in the playoffs and they got swept by the, uh, the lightning. I do have a good quote from Paul Maurice though, who is, was asked about like what is what he's going to bring to the table, what he's going to bring to that team. And he kind of said he doesn't want to mess with their creativity on offense. They were scoring more than four goals a game. He knows that's working. The biggest thing that he saw, their weakness, and what he wants to address and work on with this team, is their quote unquote hard to play against factor, which I think is probably their biggest issue. They're not a hard team to play against. They don't play, they don't play too heavy. They'll they'll beat you by scoring goals, but that's that's not that's not a hard night for another team. Um, and probably what cost them a deeper playoff run, I think. So I, I don't know if Giroux is really at this point in his career is he willing to adjust his game is he is he a hard player to play against at 34 years old i don't know
1: no he's never been a hard player to play against and he will never be a hard player to play against i don't know Maurice said that's a stand we're gonna we're gonna work hard we're gonna outwork teams okay everybody says that who cares move on i've never heard a coach say you know what we're not gonna work that hard we're just gonna go and we're gonna we're gonna be skilled what coach says yeah but it's it's like a cookie cutter canned answer. We're going to be harder to play. I play against.
0: No okay, shit, but if if the Hurricanes if Brindamore left and Paul Maurice went there, that's not what he would say because they're a hard team to play against. That's not it's not just cook. It's a, it's exactly what, what Florida needs. It's not Any just team a Paul Maurice a would go
1: to. He would say that we're going to be a hard team to play against. And yes, it works with Florida because they weren't that hard. But it's just a cookie cutter answer. They will not be harder to play against. They will not be they will be the same team unless they change out some players. A leopard never changes his stripes as much as you beat it. He's not, this will not be a hard team to play against. Mark my word. If they bring back the same players they had last year, they'll be the same team and the same result will be there. So anyways, a couple more um, possible. I don't want to do the trade targets. We'll talk about that in a little bit. DoorDash um, use them. Paul Maurice doesn't. I know that for a fact. And you don't want to be like Paul Maurice. So go to DoorDash, check it out. Gloves DD if you're in Canada. Gloves DD if you're in the U.S. of A. Gloves DD U.S. All right, whatever. The Class of 22 Hall of Fame. Does this bother you, Tim, that these guys are making the Hall of Fame? Or what did you think of this announcement?
0: No, I like this. Let's, let's talk about the class. So both Henrik and Daniel Sedin, Danny Alfredson, Roberto Luongo, uh, a woman named Rika Salonen, who I hadn't heard of, which I'll explain, and Herb Carnegie, again a guy I hadn't heard of. Uh, the first four, I was like, okay, this is good, and we can talk about the snubs, the the Ronics and McGilneys that still aren't in there, um, that should be, in my opinion. But uh, so Rika Salonen, she's a Finnish player. She's one of the most decorated players to ever compete in international ice hockey. Played 16 seasons in, fin- in Finland's team, earned two Olympic medals. One world championship silver, six bronze medals, three world championship or European championship gold medals. She's in the Finnish Hockey Hall of Fame. She's a big deal. Uh, Herb Carnegie is a really cool guy, too. He's a Canadian ice hockey player of Jamaican descent. Uh, he became a successful businessman. He founded one of Canada's first hockey schools uh, called Future H's, helped young players in Canada kind of build. He's a community guy. He's one of those, you know, building the game of hockey, being a, um, Uh, an ambassador for the game and he's a member of both the order of Canada and the country's highest civilian award, the order of order of Ontario and order of Canada. So both good, both good additions. I thought the first four were great additions. So I thought it was a pretty good class, although there's still some, there's still some missing pieces, I think.
1: Do you think it would be annoying to be one of the Sedin brothers? It's like, you always have to do everything together.
0: Do they, no, they lean into each it. other. They embrace it. They lean into it. Do you, do you think it.
1: there's ever a time where it's like Daniel looks over and he's like, Anarch, I just need to, I, I need some time. I need some space because they, they had to get drafted together. They had to sit next to each other in the locker room. They retired at the same time. They like probably live in the same house. Now they're going into the hall of fame together. Do you think they ever go, you're, you're starting to bother me a little bit. It well, just – I don't know.
0: You've got twins. Do they treat each other differently than they do the rest of their sisters?
1: Well, yeah, they have an unspoken bond. But they do annoy each other sometimes. But then they get over it like a second later. So, I, I, I don't know. They're g- great players. Very, very, very good players. And Daniel Alfredson, everybody knows what he did. It's an all-Canadian Vancouver-Ottawa Hall of Fame. That's very fun. Bobby Lou McGilney needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Out of the guys you mentioned, I don't think Roenick needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Alex McGilney needs to be in the Hall of Fame. The guy is one of the most talented players ever to play the game. He came over. He broke the Russian wall, came over to Buffalo, started that whole flood of players coming over from Russia. He, he broke down barriers, and he's just, he was an incredible hockey player. That he's not in the Hall of Fame right now blows my mind.
0: What about Keith Kachuk? No. He's got more goals than anyone not in the Hall of Fame and many players in the Hall of Fame. Does he really? Yeah.
1: Okay, well, I'll say no then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I haven't looked into his stats very much, so I don't know But McGillney, he should be in there. The guy was incredible. He was so incredibly talented. All right, anything else, Tim? What are we going to do for points bet?
0: Yeah, I'm I've been on baseball and I'm doing well with that. Oh, so Tim. Yeah. If you if you want to keep the betting going, if hockey's still over, go to PointsBet. It's really good, and I like it more than a lot of the other gambling sites. I've done a few of them, and they're just kind of confusing. And I'm not that tech savvy, so I stick with PointsBet.
1: Do you have a problem? How many
0: betting sites are you on nightly? Only one now. I've tried okay. them over the years, but points bets, PointsBet's the one.
1: Is and that, that why you problem. left? Tra- Is that why you left Traverse City? Is someone?
0: Yeah. So you're, you're, are you looking for to somebody? <laughs> yeah, you you know nothing.
1: <laughs> All right, what are we doing here, Tim? Finish off the show.
0: Um, let's figure out. You want to talk about this, this last couple of questions, or save it for next next time?
1: Yeah, we'll save it for next time. Everybody, go check out PointsBet. I hope you enjoyed the show. We're going to have some interviews coming up now that the season's wrapped up. We'll try to come up with some exciting stuff. It's so exciting in the offseason. We've got lots to do, lots to talk about. So, hope everybody has a good weekend, has a good 4th of July, has a good happy Canada Day. Stay safe, enjoy yourself, have a couple pops, if you know what I mean, hot dogs and hamburgers on the grill. Cheers, everybody.